The Concrete by McConan Collier I am not afraid of poverty. I learned at the age of three that oxygen wasn't free and the expense of life was madness that would forever be submerged in an ice-cold bathtub. If I watched my brother die, would I freeze? Without feeling powerless, I tried to escape my right to frost. By submitting to the inevitable, I hugged the ocean's waves, but I lost my mind at night. Survival is for the unfortunate, for sordid dreams to collapse by a broken family. I collected my whims in jars, and the moon captured my fears of governance to be disregarded in history. Man without a home, a misery. In every major city, there's people living on the edge of society. Because of financial ruin or addiction, or because they never really had a chance at all, there are people living and dying on the streets. Maybe you know some of them, but regardless, they're your neighbors if you live in a city like me. In San Francisco, I have at least 8,000 unhoused neighbors, and it's a damn shame. People are out there every day suffering because of the lack of effective and loving care that all of us need to flourish as people. One of the biggest losses in the descent to homelessness is the loss of your community's support, and the SF Coalition on Homelessness, an advocacy and support group, is stepping up to the task of providing for our unhoused neighbors. Every year, they dedicate an issue of their newspaper, Street Sheet, to bringing the artistic talent of those in their organization and in the homeless community to the rest of San Francisco, all for two bucks a pop. The work is powerful, tragic, and hopeful, offering an intimate look at the different social dynamics that are at play in the experience of homelessness. From those going through it to those watching, these poems offer up a more humane lens with which to view the people you pass on the street. Metal by Awa Shadows of great metal walls have got me stuck in the maze. I look in the east and see warm mountains. Where does that light come from? How did I wander into rain and fog and cold? I remember a day where I looked out from a high hill in the morning, thirsting for water, my bones and muscles and senses broken. I stood there. Then I sang from my heart, come, spirit, come, and my heart became the living sun. There came to me a great knowledge then, saying, Look for me always. When you go down into the valley, do not forget, but feel me there always, and I will raise you up. So I put on my torn, soaked coverings and went among the people. For many months I carried a blessed memory, my heart on fire, saying, Peace up here with me, and peace down here for us. Everywhere I went, in everyone I passed, my father and mother smiled at me. I saw my brother and sister and cousin. Inside my chest, a sacred flame. On every busy street and trail, one candle lights a thousand candles. But now, in my hunger, the coldest month still before me, I ask and wonder and cry, where did I come from? Which way is correct? Where is the one mind that touched me and brightened up the sky? 
It can be hard for those who have never been homeless to understand just how easily it could happen to them. The paycheck-to-paycheck reality that most Americans live seems sustainable, but the anxiety of losing that job quickly gives way to the morbid reality that no one is guaranteed housing, and that the pathway to homelessness can be quick and unexpected. According to a 2019 survey by the San Francisco Department of Homelessness and Supportive Housing, 26% of the homeless people they surveyed were homeless because of losing their job and falling behind on the endless cycle of bills, rent, and necessities. Especially in a city with a high cost of living like San Francisco, even those with jobs can find themselves spiraling down the drain into a slow fall to the street. Even more fraught are those who are escaping an abusive house or are unwelcome in their former home. In between the street and a home, places like single-room occupancy hotels filled the gap, renting a room for the night with shared bathrooms and amenities. The ubiquity of single-room occupancy hotels in San Francisco speaks to how many people can be trapped in a nomadic situation, unable to find enough stability to pull themselves out of an ever-precarious financial situation. Poverty often hides right next to wealth, and there are scores of people throughout this city that look more or less like any of us, but are barely hanging on to a roof over their heads. Cheap by Alexander Gray Oh, God, that bread should be so dear, and flesh and blood so cheap. Thomas Hood, 1843. I have 15 cents, and the landlord with two beamers says it would be a hardship to reduce the rent. I have 15 cents, and the shirtless man holding a crystal to the bodega window needs cereal and milk, and a mug root beer would be nice. I have 15 cents, and Mayor Breed's aide laughs at me open-heartedly over the telephone line. I have 15 cents, and the girl on the Golden Gate Bridge runs toward the brink to forget a band of tricolor cloth thrown by the wind. I have 15 cents, and know where the mayor lives, but lying on the asphalt seems cliché. I have 15 cents, and didn't know you could eat heroin until I walked down Hyde Street. I have 15 cents and give a man my muni token on Harvey Milk Plaza. I have 15 cents and wonder if the baby in the pram has had more money spent on its short existence than the entire life of the man air-drying his junk in the Dolores Park bathroom. I have 15 cents and wish Mark, Jack, and Elon would jump in a lake. I have 15 cents, and where I come from, we drove Fords and Toyotas. People knew the names of their upstairs neighbors, and the houses are made of brick. I have 15 cents and two lovers who killed themselves after an eviction. I have 15 cents and think I shouldn't have to resort to these poetic tactics to make you care. Homelessness is a crisis that everyone, in their own way, hardens against. For those who walk past homeless people on their way to work, school, or home, there is always a response to those who are asking for change or those who are suffering too openly for virgin eyes. For some, it's as simple as giving a dollar or a granola bar, whatever they have. For others, it's just, I'm sorry, I can't help you. 
The more it happens, though, the easier it is for people to just shut down in the face of it. It's relatively easy to smile and give some change to one person, but what happens when your commute passes 30 people who need your help? What can you do? Although collectively there's a lot we could do, people encountering homelessness from the outside do so individually with all of the personal concerns attached. Some don't feel safe, so they ignore, look forward, and keep going. It seems that the worse the conditions, the more people are inclined to look away. Some can conjure stories of why the people they see don't deserve help because of a needle or a bottle next to their setup. Whatever response you choose or settle for, after a while it just becomes normal. You become inured to the horror of it all. How else do you deal with the sight of people passed out in the streets, blistered in the cold without shoes, victims to a cycle that they can't control? Man on a Bench by Tommy Avicali Mecca You were sitting at the other end of the wooden bench outside the cafe. I was waiting for a friend, checking my phone every couple minutes, a small-framed old man with bruises on your cheeks and forehead you picked at a scab as you commented on the weather. A man suddenly turned the corner, swinging his bag at your face, then spit on you, calling you a homeless piece of shit. I yelled at him, told him to leave you alone. He hurried across the street through the heavy traffic. A waiter came out, told you to move on. I asked, why? He said customers had complained. You got up and left. So did I. Though they may be at the lowest point in their lives, the people we see living on the street are still people, ones that need our help more than ever. The tendency to view people on the street as other and dehumanize them is one of the core problems with solving homelessness. When we close ourselves off to the tragedy going on in every major city across the country, we deny the people experiencing homelessness the chance to get the care they need. Though it can often seem hopeless, there is so much we can do to help our unhoused neighbors. This isn't about putting $20 in a used coffee cup, it's about creating systemic change. That type of change can only come from an invitation to really see the people we pass every day. If we didn't turn our heads down, if we collectively raised up the people in our community, we can make it so everyone is sheltered in safe homes. Easier said than done, like all good causes, but we have no alternative. If society is going to increasingly congregate in cities, we have to come up with systems that provide pathways out of homelessness. If we continue to expand without a reckoning, we will leave thousands upon thousands of people behind. Irving and Fifth by Paolo Bichieri There's a magistrate in the fridge. It's time to get rid of these old-ass tamales. Freezer burn babies of beef and cheese, and I step into quiet wasteland. Not a desperate land for Mad Max, just cold emptiness, like gravity. Big, Snorlax man outside the market. Beard like claws, fingernails that pulled flowers from Golden Gate Park. 
N95 masks headed in and out as though tear gas wailed around like the Kashmir Valley. I've microwaved the leaf-wrapped vessels of my heritage. This nomadic neighbor will be ecstatic. When I offer, he takes the folded brown paper bag, rubber-banded like a deck of cards, and asks, Do you have room? I pause. Do you have room for me? He spreads his hands up and down the street like a sultan's claim. I see so much, but so quiet. I tell him I rent, that my landlord is not nice. His prayer-soaked ball-player mitt hands collect rain-wet magazines written in Chinese from near his shoes. Do you want these papers? I nod and thank him. I go home, and I'm sitting inside, and I'm thinking about all the birthday cake I ate just a week ago, purple frosting on a fish-shaped chocolate cake, and all the strangers who came to my home for the birthday party, room enough there for anyone who might praise me, and all the white claw in the recycling bin the next morning, and the drugs those strangers gave me that I put up my nose like snowballs balancing on brass till they melt, and I'm feeling like an idiot. Like during the pandemic is when I finally bake blueberry coffee cake for someone who isn't my high school girlfriend. Like I could take all the preserves on my family farm a few states north and dump them into the street and let the sunset run rhubarb pink and it wouldn't be enough. Like freezer burn pieces of my abuela aren't even close.